Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. I never yeah. said women. I just said stylist. Right. And yes, I do wear makeup. And so <laughs> when I give you a hug, when I see you, I'll take my makeup off so I don't get in your clothes. Like I'll say shit like that to them. She fucking, she's irate. She left like another 50 comments just now. Oh man. Uh, that is a true th truth though, too. Like if you want to dress like a slob, then you're going to have slob energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if that's your brand that you're like slobby and you don't really care, fine. But that's what you're portraying. I'm not saying wear a million dollar outfit. No. Professional. Look, look like you are in the beauty industry. Yes. Like I see hostesses of restaurants that look well put together. Right. Like this girl's decked out. Like I see people in an office at a doctor's office. Like she doesn't look like shit. Her hair's done, her makeup's done. She like she's dressed nice. Right. And then you're in the beauty industry and because you work in a salon, you think you can wear yoga pants and a t-shirt? Mm-hmm. But it, that blows my mind. That, my friend, is Nick Mirabella. And if you have had your finger on the pulse of conversations happening on Instagram and social media these days, you might have seen people stitching videos and reacting to a video that Nick put out a little while ago about hairstylists needing to basically look presentable at work. And, you know, it's really funny because he did the video in kind of his fashion, which tends to be a little more... Uh, masculine and like get straight to the point kind of thing. Well, long story short, he pissed off a lot of people with that video. He also inspired a lot of people and it has started multiple conversations that I have been part of online. Um, and so that's not even why I brought him on the podcast, which is so funny. We had already scheduled this episode and interview, and then this all was happening like as we were recording. And so uh, it's really funny to be releasing this after the fact. But so if you heard the episode, I'm sorry, excuse me, if you saw the post, with Nick Mirabella telling stylists that they need to look nice and presentable for work and all the fire that ensued with that, I think you're going to enjoy this episode, but I want you to come in with an open mind. And I need you to understand that the Nick that I interviewed 
is like this very caring, um, insightful, smart human. And that one video that he did, I feel like does not properly represent who he is. Maybe a little bit, but there's more to him, I guess, than what you're seeing on the surface there. So come in, have a listen, soak up some of what he's saying because it is brilliant, my friends. And so with that, I would love to welcome you to another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast where I am your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. And I love having you here. I'm super excited to share this interview with you today. And I hope you get some enjoyment and fulfillment out of it, just like I did. So let's jump into the episode with Nick. Well, hey, Nick, I am so excited to have you on the Your Hair Mentor podcast today. Uh, per our little conversation that we had previously, I feel like we're on the same page about so mm-hmm. much here. And um, I can't wait to just hear more about what you're doing because we just had a super brief chat. Uh, but will yeah. you do me a favor and give my listeners a little a little brief on you and who you are and what you're doing? And we'll just dive in from there. Sure. Um, I'll go for a background. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Yep. So my background is I started doing hair after high school and then did that for like three to five years. Then I got a, I got a job with a soap opera actually in between that doing hair, doing hair in a soap opera. Oh, how fun. Yeah. That was actually like super stressful for as a hairstylist that new into the game. And I, uh, I bowed out of that really quick. It just wasn't what I wanted. Then shortly after that, I was doing really well in the salon. 9-11 had happened. And then I was watching the news and I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I joined the Marine Corps. So I did my tour in the Marine Corps. I got out. I really loved hair and I was good at it. So I just kept on going with, with that career. And, you know, fast forward on again, off again. I started doing hair. I started bartending, stopped doing hair. And then right around my mid, actually my late 20s, I got really serious about hair again. And then I, I just wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. So I started really diving into self-development. And I started really practicing the things I was learning, like in Think and Grow Rich. And like a lot of mindset practice, a lot of Tony Robbins, a lot of these guys were talking about the law of attraction and, and manifesting your thoughts into reality. And obviously you have to apply your actions. And I started doing that. And that's when my career went from literally nothing like $400 a week to $4,000 a week in six months and then $5,000 a week and beyond that. And that's how I grew my business, really just obviously through massive action, but through having the proper positive mental attitude. And so as I got more, I guess, got more involved with with having employees and realized that there was a need for coaching in this industry, mm-hmm. I stepped into coaching. Wow. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to take the skill set that I learned and pass it off to the people who are who are, you know, coming up behind me. I'm always like, I want to be who I needed 10 years ago. And that's absolutely like my mindset. That's what all the good coaches say, right? Is that like when you, when you find your voice and you find your, your vision, usually you are talking to who you used to be. It's, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. And then I'm just going to adjust my mic right here so I can actually hear you a little bit better. Sure. Do what you got to do. You know, Hearing that little bit of your story immediately makes so much sense because you have this um, almost like David Goggins kind of quality to you. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I love David. Okay. Like the way that you speak and the way that it's like, what's David Goggins thing? It's like, like, this is hard. He says, good, right? I almost feel like that's kind of the message that I get from you with hairstylists is like, 
you know what? You gotta, you gotta do some things and work hard. And if it's hard, good. That means you're doing it. You're right. hundred percent. And you know, we're such a, listen, like it's such a soft generation now and our industry is soft in general. Like we want to have professional money, but yet we don't have professional actions. And the problem is these people think they're going to get in the hair and they see like the Ted Gibson's and they see these superstars on Instagram. They see they're making money and like, um, Chris Appleton, is that his name from uh, mm-hmm. Color Wow? And they're like, wow, I want to do that. But yet they don't want to put the work in. Right. And the problem is they're looking at all these different videos and they're trying to learn like how to do it. And they're trying to learn all these different techniques and taking the courses, which is great, but they're forgetting the one thing and it's who. Mm. It's who deserves to be successful. And unfortunately, it's really hard out there. Like what's going to separate you from the other stylist? What's going to make somebody choose you over the person or the salon down the street? And that's your habits and your actions and how you project yourself and portray yourself on social media and, and how you get across to people and by adding an immense amount of value through your posts. And it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there. And so you need a, you need like, like leather skin to actually start doing it. And I have a lot of people on my team that are really scared, like making that first post. But once they do, they start seeing the effect of, of getting an audience and that audience turns to clients and they start building a nice career from it. Absolutely. So you need that Goggins mentality of like, can I curse on here? Is it yes. An open oh, form? Right, let cool, it fly. Good. good. Like, fuck what people think. Yeah. No one's paying your bills but you. Yes. And if you think about the person you needed when you were in high school, this is what I tell stylists all the time. Who did you need when you were going through that awkward stage? And like, you had pimples on your face. You didn't know how to do your hair. Your hair was really frizzy. And that girl felt so insecure. That's who you speak to. That's the person you have to be strong for. And mm-hmm. so it all starts with, you know, positive mental attitude and starting first thing in the morning. You know, I have a, I have an early wake up time. So typically like three thirty to three thirty four thirty is my wake up time, depending on when I go to bed. Not I surprising. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but when you start your day like that, I do my morning prayer and my gratitude and then I work out and the workout is really where a lot of my good ideas come from. And then a lot of your strength because, you know, strong mind, strong body, you know, spiritually strong. It's, it's all connected. You can't have a strong mind if your body's weak and you can't work 12 hours behind the chair or even six hours behind the chair if your body's not strong. So it's really important that you start working out. You don't have to be a fitness star, but I do want a lot of my, my clients and even my stylists to work, to work out, to build flexibility, build endurance, and to keep their bones strong and keep their body able to work behind the chair. Cause then if you don't do that, you're done in like 10 years. Right. Yeah. Cause like as funny as all the memes are of like, um, or the videos you see of hairstylists, it's all like the creaking sounds. Have you seen those? Like their joints popping and stuff. It's funny, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, Ooh, we should really not get to that point guys. No, it's true. Yeah. It's it's also diet and nutrition. Yes. Which is a whole nother. I mean, okay. So when I started doing hair, I worked with people that were like drinking wine and coffee cups in the morning and snorting Coke in the back room. Like that, that was my, I mean, I wasn't doing that, but like, I was like, wow, this is the industry, huh? Yeah, no, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and I've, I've worked with people like that. I mean, I've seen people, I came up in the nineties. So it was like late nineties when I started doing hair and I've seen people nod off behind the chair from doing dope. Oh I've gosh. seen people go to the car with blow lines. Like I've, I've seen it all. Yeah. And, but that's not going to build your career. No, that's not going to make you a good wife or a good husband or a good stylist. So this is why like the self-development is so important for our industry because you get these young people 
20 years old, 22 years old, making serious money and serious for their age. Like some of them are making like 80 to 100,000 a year. And that's a lot of money for somebody who's, you know, who never made anything. And you could do a lot of cocaine with $100,000. And they do. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that stuff's expensive. Um, so I, where do you, uh, I know you're a coach and I know you make um, all of your online content is like speaking to stylists. And mm -hmm. so uh, what is your like focus and your message in your coaching when you're reaching out to people online? A lot of it has to do with the laws of success. And it's like, um, you know, a lot of Napoleon Hill, a lot of influence from Wallace D. Waddles, uh, Tony Robbins, and really just helping them identify the person that they need to be to become successful. I'm really big in the habits and actions, and I'm big in the goals. And so it's really identifying what is it that you want out of life? What's your what's your purpose? Like, do you want to be a platform artist or do you want to make, you know, 80,000 a year, 50,000 a year and, you know, coach soccer with your kids and have a two bedroom, three bedroom house, white picket fence. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with whatever somebody wants. And I want to, I want to identify what those goals are. And now let's get there and let's create the person who can get there too. Gotcha. So, you know, for some people it's making, you know, $2 million a year. And you could do that in this industry if you do it right. And it may not be from just directly doing hair behind the chair. You know, it might come from courses and coaching. It might come from e-commerce. It might come from starting a product line. But the opportunities in our industry are so vast and everyone needs to open their mind up to the opportunity that that's at their fingertips, literally at their fingertips in our career. Absolutely. Um, I see there's like some product on the shelves behind you there. Mm. Do you sell retail in your salon too? I do. So retail is my bread and butter. So I started a Shopify store back in the, I don't know, maybe like five, six years ago, maybe a little more now. And it's because my clients were buying products on Amazon and eBay and Walmart. And I have a pretty good education in computer programming and, and e-commerce as it was. So I started a Shopify store and I got, you know, you've seen other podcasts with me before I'm talking about how I got my teeth kicked in and got my ass kicked. I was I started with Google ads. I ran an application in my Shopify store and I was, I did like 96 or $98,000 in three months in ad spend. And I literally made no money. I lost money. So that first year I probably blew through like 300 K trying to get this store off the ground. And that was like free shipping, free returns, um, coupon codes, everything, Google ads, Facebook ads. I got completely destroyed. Then I figured out obviously how to run Google ads properly. And so fast forward several years later, you know, the, the my whole e-commerce portfolio, I think we did like 2.4 million uh, a year and a half ago or two years ago. So now, you know, that was a, a in total gross sales, you know, not in profit, obviously. Yeah. But then I started learning really harnessing ads because that's obviously that's your, your visibility. If you don't have any kind of Google ads, unless you're a really good content marketer, you need to, to understand the, the Google ads genre and the Facebook ad genre and the content marketing and the SEO. And I started learning all of that stuff. So e-com or retail is a huge, huge part of my business. And if you're a salon owner or even a suite renter, you need to, to harness the power of retail in your shop and online. And if you don't, because you're scared of it, or you don't want to sound like a salesperson, or you're afraid to sell your clients products, they're buying them somewhere. They're going to Ulta, they're going to Sephora, they're buying them on Amazon. But the issue is this, you can't help them 
if they buy a product somewhere else. Like you, like you don't know a if it's real or not, mm-hmm. and b you can let them know. Hey, like I, my client just left before. You know the reason why I was late. She's like, well, I'm, I got Color Wow, but I, I don't, I don't know if I'm using it right. Well, you don't need Color Wow. Like, and her mom was an extra. I'm like, that's for your mom. Your mom has thick, coarse hair. You have fine, straight hair. Like, just because you see an influencer speaking about it doesn't mean you necessarily need it. So, had she asked me first, right, I would have told her, no, don't waste your money, right. You know, so we, we, I, she buys, she buys everything I tell her. So I actually tell her, no, you're good. Like yeah. don't buy anything else in the salon. Right. Yeah. yeah Hold off for a second. Yeah. yeah. So how yeah, did you, how did you manage? Um, so back when I used to sell retail, you know, mm-hmm. we get wholesale pricing on stuff, mm-hmm. but Ulta and Amazon would have things for sale cheaper than the wholesale price I could get it. And so I was like, I'm not even, I can't even be competitive with these big box dealers because they're getting like blowout rates or whatever, or they're buying hundreds of cases of something at yeah. a time. You, you, I work I work with small distributors for the most part and you have to negotiate. Like you've got to buy on deals, you got to buy on sales. So when there's like a 20 off sale, you got to double down and invest in it. I don't invest in the stock market anymore. I invest in shampoo. And- <laughs> And it's funny, but it causes like issues at home because my wife's like, why is, who's, why'd you spend this much money on at Salon Centric or Cosmo? Or I'm like, it's no different than me buying options when a stock goes on sale. Women or men or whoever will always buy the shampoo. So I look at the trends and then if there's a sale and I get a discount on top of it, I'll throw 10 to 15 to $20,000 in a couple of days on a sale. Wow. And then you make that back. You know, it's going to sell. You mm-hmm. don't buy dogs and the intro deals too. So you got to really leverage intro intro deals, and then you start playing the game with distributors. So your local small distributors, you have room to negotiate with, especially mm. if you're buying on volume. Mm. Okay, let's unpack that a little bit. So you look yeah. at trends. Where yeah. where do you find these trends? Do you literally just cruise social media or like search Google search? I see what the bloggers, YouTube, what they're talking about, and then I look at uh, Amazon. Also, you can you can get certain tools that you can look at who's searching what. And how many times something was was bought, and then I know I could double down on my Google ads with that as well, and then you can sway the market too. So creating enough SEO friendly blogs and enough content of your own, you can start doing some internal linking on your site. So if I have a connection, let's say with a product called Apira, it's I know the owner of the company, it's a coconut hair serum. I could run internal links for people looking for Moroccan oil and target them and give them another option or give them an option for any kind of serum they're looking for their hair. So when they land on the landing page, I could then direct them internally through my site to where I want to bring them. Mm. This stuff is so yeah. good. I feel like obviously you're clued into this stuff because yeah. you've you've gone down the rabbit hole and back. Um, but a lot of hairstylists don't know the first thing about anything you just said, like backlinks, SEO, yeah. all that stuff. They're like, what the heck are you talking about? This is the issue, and I have this with the industry too. And I, I teach this as well in, in courses or whoever wants to get give me their ear because I'll talk to anyone really. It's um, you when you own a salon and you own a business, the one thing we forget as stylists because we're artists, right? Mm-hmm. Is to learn business. Like you wouldn't get behind the chair if you didn't. You wouldn't do a highlight or a balayage of somebody if you didn't learn it. Like some people would just try and wing it, but right, you would go to YouTube and watch a tutorial. Mm-hmm. You would try and figure something out. And the issue is in business, we just start a salon because we think we could do hair. And now you think you're good on a business, but you can't, right? There's three facets. You have the artist, which is the person who does the hair, right? The actual creative, you have the manager, 
the person who keeps the the shit in order, like order the products, making sure everything's the people are coming on time, you have scheduling, and then you have the leader. So the true entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we have to wear multiple hats in the salon. And as an owner and a stylist, you have to know when to put on each one of those hats. And so you are you are doing your clients a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice and your family if you don't try and learn business. And mm-hmm. it's not that hard to learn. You can learn it on a podcast. You can learn it on YouTube. You can learn it. There's a hundred thousand channels out there now where you can learn business from and books you could read. Like Tony Robbins has a business mastery, um, leadership by, by um, John Maxwell. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there. You can get their information on the internet. Yeah. So I think I know you're totally right. hundred percent agreed yeah. there. Um, I think the difference is, so for people like you and I, I feel like we have an ability to go seek out information from people that are unrelated and then immediately oh, yeah. understand the value in our industry and be able to turn it and utilize it. Like we're like mm-hmm. translating the value into our industry, right? We're like, oh, I can use that from over here and I can use it here and then I can do that. It's like we can puzzle it together. And I think for a lot of people, they have a hard time doing that. And so I'm really, really happy that this kind of conversation is happening in our industry for people that oh, are yeah. clued into the industry and have also learned these really interesting techniques they can pull in. So I'm really thankful, you know, to have these kind yeah. of conversations. Cause it's like, so to, important. yeah, to me, I'm like, duh, of course you go and you learn from Tony Robbins and then you go over here and you learn from Colin Boyd and then you smash yep. it all together and you make this awesome plan. And so many hairstylists are like, whoa, <laughs> I don't even yeah. understand. <laughs> I, that, that actually, that's one of the things that, that blows my mind and gets me so irritated. Oh, I'm not good at technology. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, it's too hard to learn. Right. Like, why would you not even try? Right. Or they try once and they give up. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is like, I got this from Tony Robbins. Like if, if your parents stopped teaching you how to walk the first time you failed at walking and be like, ah, fuck it. She's not going to be able to walk. Yeah. No, they taught you kept teaching your kid how to walk until they learn how to walk. Do yourself the same service, like learn business till you figure it out. Right. And that that's that's so frustrating to me. And I'm a big believer in mastermind groups too. Mm-hmm. So having a mastermind group isn't just internally in the hair industry. Right. Right. It has to do with okay. So if I were to start a mastermind group right now, I would probably find a photographer, like either a wedding photographer in my area, that I can learn how to use my iPhone or learn how to take better pictures so I can market myself better on Instagram. Mm-hmm. In return, I could do hair for his studio and then a, help his clients look better while I'm learning photography. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's a quick mastermind trade off right there. Right. So I can look at, you know, I would go to a local bar and I obviously I would like their Instagram page. I would communicate and leave comments, but I would try and find the bartenders, like the bars and the clubs with the cutest girls there. Yep. And then do something with the owner where, hey, let's do a fashion show or a shoot at your bar. I'll do all the hair. I'll bring my photographer in to take the pictures. We'll market at your bar because you have a huge audience of people in our demographic. And now you just, you have a ton of eyeballs on your stuff and everybody wins. And a network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, you, yeah you, I love that. Yeah. People, people don't think outside the box enough. Right. You know, I, I think it's because a lot of hairstylists come into this industry with like some pretty deep limiting beliefs too. Like, yeah. I, you know, I almost hate that term limiting beliefs. Cause I feel like it's like overused at the moment, 
But like there's, it's for real. Like people, a lot of the times are not college bound that come into this industry. And that's not saying that that's a bad or a good thing. It's just different. Right. And so they come in thinking like, well, I didn't go to college. I'll go to beauty school a lot of the times. Now I know there are people that are like, I just want to do hair and I want to make you know, six figures and be this like banging hairstylist. But for the most part, people come in feeling like I'm not smart enough, right? I do hair because I'm not good at math. I do hair because I'm not good at computers or whatever. And like, I think that's a bunch of crap personally. I think we're just artistic a lot of the times. And like, for me personally, I've realized like I process things by speaking them. And so this is why something like a podcast is so great for me. My poor husband has to hear me like process things out loud all the time. <laughs> but we're just we're, we like find ways to deal with information in a way that serves us. And I think once hairstylists can understand that about themselves, then accepting this kind of information and thinking can be a lot easier. Wouldn't you agree? 100%. And I use that as an example for my team. Thinking, emotion, behavior, outcome. I'm not sure if you've heard of that analogy before. No, tell well, me. Your, your thinking affects your emotion, which affects your behavior, which affects the outcome of the situation. And just to bring up a point you just made, if you're one of those girls who go to who went to hair school because you weren't good at school and you're like, I'm going to do hair, and that's all I can do. So let's take that thought process. You are now a stylist, and you have that thought process, and you can you communicate with your stylist. Let's call her name Jen. Jen is a high power attorney. Jen is super professional. Jen makes a lot of money. So when you speak to Jen, you're like, oh, I'm not good at that stuff. You're so smart. You're, you know, you're a great lawyer. I couldn't do that. I barely graduated high school. And you keep on with this negative kind of thinking and talk. Well, Mm -hmm. you emotionally carry yourself differently when you're speaking negatively about yourself. But what's that do to Jen? Jen now gets triggered with the emotion. Her behavior is going to be affected and the outcome will be different. And I'm going to tell you how. So Jen, like I said, she's a high power attorney. Jen has a one o'clock meeting, which should end by two. She has a highlight appointment with you at three. That meeting for Jen got pushed to three o'clock. She got the email saying, hey, can you do three o'clock instead? So what does Jen do? Jen knows you're just a hairdresser. She's like, yeah, no problem. She calls your salon. Sorry, you can't make it. Uh, Something came up. Done. I'll reschedule. I'll call back when I can. Now, let's change your language and change your thinking. You are a professional. You're an elite of the elite. doesn't matter if you do hair or you're a surgeon. You think of yourself as a professional. You're good at math. You're good at chemistry. The way you carry yourself in the salon is that of a professional. Jen is your equal, whether she's a lawyer and you're a stylist, it doesn't matter. When you speak to Jen, you carry conversations because you better yourself through education and outside of her industry, you can articulate a conversation about negotiating contracts or whatever it may be. You know, you're good at math. You tell Jen about the classes you go to. You tell her about everything you're doing to better yourself in your profession, much like she does. So you carry yourself differently. Emotionally, Jen looks at you differently. Her behavior will be different. So when that phone call comes in for Jen, hey, Jen, uh, the meeting is getting pushed to three o'clock. What does Jen do? I'm sorry. I have an obligation at three o'clock. I can't make it. Let's mm. do it tomorrow instead. So what's the outcome? You keep your appointment with Jen and you make money that day. Mm-hmm. That's how thinking, emotion, behavior, outcome. And that's how it carries in every aspect of your life. And if you think for a second that you're just doing hair, I'll give you another scenario. So your hairstylist, a woman comes into your salon. She had a really bad day at work. Her boss was a dick, let's say. You have the option now to take the education you're learning of self-development and have a conversation with her and arm her and make her feel good. Not just that, but you're getting her out of her funk because we're energy. We transfer energy in our salon. We we energy and we give energy. Love it. But by you making her feel amazing and getting her 
mindset as away from her boss, the bad day, right? She leaves her son. She looks beautiful. She feels amazing. She goes home to her husband, right? Let's say her husband's a surgeon, okay? And let's say her, her husband has to perform a surgery on somebody. And had he had a bad day and his wife came home and bitched at him and just just took all her frustration on him, he would go to work the next day, maybe have a bad day and during that surgery. And let's say that surgery went wrong and that person had died, right? Really bad day for a lot of different people. But let's say that surgery went really well and he saved that young person's life in that surgery. Fast forward 15 to 20 years from now, the person's life he saved is an ambulance driver. He gets to a scene of an accident that your kid's in, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh -huh. that, that person saves your kid's life all because you did that woman's hair and you made her feel amazing. And she went home and had a great night with her husband. Boom. That's how small the world is. And that's how thinking, emotion, behavior, outcome can affect every situation in your life. And that's why it's so important to have a positive mindset and, and really internalize all of these mindset principles because you, we affect everybody. Everyone's connected through one source. And the quicker you realize that, the quicker you're going to start treating people much better. Mm, I love that. As you're going on those, like the layers, I'm like, yes, yes. You gave me goosebumps with that. It's so true. And like, so what is the biggest hurdle that a hairstylist has to get over before they can start understanding that playbook that you just gave us? They have no limitations. Mm -hmm. like your limitations are only in your own mind. You literally can do whatever you want to do if you apply yourself. Like we get told, oh, your hairdressers, what's the average income for hairdressers or stylists? Like the people think 40 grand a year, 30, it's bullshit. Hey, right. we don't re we don't record our income anyway. Right. That's somebody else's income. That's not my income. Mm -hmm. like, and, and one of the things when I, when I teach a class sometimes, what I'll say to them is this. Um, all right, so who, for limitations rather, who in this classroom right now speaks English? Who understands what I'm, what I'm saying to them? People raise their hand. All right, who in this classroom knows how to do basic math with our American currency, our dollar? If I give you a 20, can you give me a change? Give me a five, a 10, and five singles. Can you do that? Good. Who in this classroom now knows more than one person here in America? Anyone, right? You look around, you know each other, so you're already right. ahead of the game. Right. Why is it that someone could come here from a different country, not know our language, not know our currency and not know another person in this country and become a millionaire in five years. What's your fucking excuse? Right. You're lazy. That's the problem. So when I, when I put it that way, I'm like, there's somebody doing it. And when you talk about limited beliefs, is it impossible to make money? So no one in the whole entire hair industry is making 200 grand a year. Is that what you're telling me, Brianna? <laughs> and she, no, no, is by your limited beliefs telling me that that means that maybe are you not smart enough to do it? Is that person that much better than you? What's the difference between them and you? And you have to, like, like you said, limit the beliefs. Is it not? Is it true that it's impossible? No one can do it. And once they see that somebody's doing it, they're like, oh, maybe it is possible. Yeah. You know. And one of the things my limited belief was I need to work hard to make money. Mm -hmm. Like I have, like you have to work hard, which is true. You have to work hard, but I would almost cause myself to do more work because of the my limited belief of I need to work hard in order to make money. That's not true. Because are there people that are not working hard that make lots of money? Yeah. There's hundreds of thousands of them, millions mm -hmm. of them that do it. Mm -hmm. But why do I have that limited belief? And I was like, all right, that's not true to me. Yeah. So I, I really had to learn, like, still work hard, but I don't need, I could still have downtime and spend time with my family. Yeah.
You know, I know for me personally, I probably had these same limited beliefs. Um, I think in terms of money, I had limited beliefs. Like Mm. I know I'm smart and I, I have charisma and I have drive and all these things, but I did not grow up in a family where money was easy or, you know, um, abundant at all whatsoever. And so money has been something that you have to really work hard for. And, you know, like those who work the hardest get it. And, um, if I'm not making enough, I'm not working hard enough. And then I met someone a while back that I had held up on this pedestal as like, someday I'll be like her outside of the hair industry as like a digital creator. I met her in person. And let me tell you, she was a complete dud, like just a dud of a person, like no personality, no sparkle in the eyes. And I was like, this, this is who I'm looking up to. Yeah. I am better than that. I, if she can do it, I can, can do, do it, it. right? Yeah. And it was I had to be like smacked in the face with that realization mm-hmm. to finally understand. And it's, I don't know what it takes for other hairstylists, but we it's like it's, we it's need to figure that. out yeah. that. Yeah, they gotta they have to realize it, and unfortunately, have to get out of their their circle of friends. And that's another thing I teach: proximity is power. Who are you hanging out with? If you're hanging out with the elite stylists who are making six, seven figures a year who are superstars and they're crushing it and they're making a lot of money, what are they doing? I'm sure their habits are aligned with that. So -hmm. if you're hanging out with a bunch of hairstyles that are only making 30 grand a year and they're going to the bar spending 25 of it drinking and they're eating like shit and they have negative self-talk, well, of course you're going to be, you're going to be a product of your environment. Hang out with people who are doing good. You know, if you need to get out of your environment and get out of your salon, you're going to get out of your salon. Go be an assistant for one of the best salons in your area. Drive a half hour or an hour if you have to. Apprentice under a rock star. And even even if you are like the best person in your salon and you're proficient in coloring and cutting, but you're not making money, you're doing something wrong. So there's something you can learn from that person. Go to those salons where the people are. It really does. Yeah, it really does come back to like self-reflection, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have to have the ability to like look around you with some situational awareness and realize like this isn't serving me. You know, yeah. and if you don't do that, then you're just going to be like the frog in boiling water, right? Until yeah. one day the water is boiling and you can't do anything about it. So I always tell people, get your goals. That's the first thing. You need to have a clear purpose in life, right? Have a mission statement, have core values, but, but have that goal. X amount of dollars, X amount of pounds by X amount of date. So I, Nicholas Marabella, want to make $50,000 a month by March 10th, 2024. Okay, cool. There's my goal. There's my deadline. Now, let's take account of all my actions, everything I'm doing on a daily basis, every conversation I'm having, people I'm hanging out with, everything I'm thinking, what am I doing? Put them in a list. List them out on one big piece of paper. Take another piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. On the left, you're going to write away. On the right, you're going to write towards. Take your actions, everything you're doing, all the conversations you're having, and put them in a column, away or towards. Either they're bringing you towards your goal or they're bringing you away from your goal. And if that column away is way bigger than a column towards, you're doing something wrong. Now just flip them towards. And if you change, if you do the opposite action of going away, it's obviously going to take you towards your goal. If it's the people you're hanging out with, don't hang out with those people. Cross them out of your life. Doesn't mean you have to never talk to them again, but you shouldn't be hanging out with them too much because they're a bad influence on you. And they're not going in the direction that you want to go into. There's nothing wrong with it. I speak to maybe an eighth of the people I spoke to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's what it is. I, I, I love them all, but they're not on my trajectory. They're not going where I want to go. And yeah. so when you look at your, your, you take an account of all your actions, you audit your habits and you're like, holy shit, like I'm really doing a lot of shit that's not adding any value to my life. 
And then you start bringing it towards your goal and not just business. Like what kind of husband are you? What kind of wife are you? What are the things that you're doing that you could be doing different? Coming home angry, you know, not leaving your work at work. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you got flowers for your wife? Or when's the last time you did something nice for your husband? We all know what the husbands want, but yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like those are things you could be doing. Right. Very simple changes in your, in your habits and actions will truly have a ripple effect on every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And people don't take an account of, of what they're doing on a daily basis. And the, the self-talk is, is real. Yes. I, I agree. And this, this could go for anything in life, right? Like you talk about weight loss journeys. Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. And then you take into account all the things you did that day. Did that actually help you move towards your goal or not? Or was yeah. it just easier to have a handful of tortilla chips because they were there? And a lot of people say, oh, 10 pounds. Well, what else? 10 pounds isn't a real goal, no. right? You want to have a result. I want to be healthier, but you need a purpose. Why do you want to be healthier? Okay. Well, for me, it's a dance of my daughter at her wedding. Like I want to be mm-hmm. healthy enough to dance with my daughter at her wedding. And I want to be able to play with my grandkids. So every time I skip the gym, it's like, is that bringing me towards dancing with my daughter at her wedding? No, it's mm-hmm. not. So I'm not skipping the gym. It doesn't mean I have to go there and crush myself every time. I need to just get there because going there is bringing me towards my goal. Staying home and sleeping in is taking me away from my goal. And you know what? My daughter doesn't deserve that. So I, I have a strong enough why. And so if it's, it might be the same reason for you. If you're, if you're a dude, and you want to dance with your daughter, it could be a mom dancing with her, with her son. Mm-hmm. It could be to play with your grandkids. It could be not to have, you know, not to, to be able to live in your career or do your career and, and live long in this career and be able to do it to your 80 82 years old. I have, a, I have a stylist at my salon. She's 83 years old. Stop it. You do? Swear to God. Swear to God. She'll she'll crush a perm, a cigarette, and take her down all within like eight minutes. Wow. And yeah, she's, she's out of control. She's great. You know, she was trained in Germany. She's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, old school. Like, she's old school mentality. Like, she, like, I'll tell her, just don't worry about the color. Like, if she does her own hair, I'm like, ah, goody, you're fine. She's like, no, 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 no. I will pay you. And then she she wants days off. And this is wild. Like the younger generation, I'm going to a concert. I'm going to t- be taking off, you know, X, Y, Z days. Like six months from now, there's a Wednesday that she wants to take off. And she called me twice. And then she like kept calling me to make sure she can ask me for that day off. And I'm like, goody, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And she's like, I just want to make sure that that day is okay to take off. I'm like it's in fucking March. <laughs> like, yeah, you can do what you want. You don't have to ask me anymore. She's like, no. You're the boss. And I've always, I, I like team leader. I like teammate. I don't like boss, but her mm-hmm. generation was like boss and then yeah. worker. But it's just wild to see like mm-hmm. the standards that she has. And she still has people she's been doing for like the last probably 60 years. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But those standards probably start with herself, right? It's like her yeah. own self-talk of like, I'm a hard worker. I show up. I'm professional. Yeah. It all goes and it's back funny. To I that. was like, good. You want something to eat? She's like, no, my pants fit me tight. So I have to watch. And she's a twig. Oh my like, gosh. Nope. And she, she takes that into every aspect of her life. Like mm-hmm. her house, everything's meticulous. Her car is meticulous. Like she's just very by the book in certain things. And she could relax a little bit now at this point. Like she needs to chill out. But yeah, well, maybe it key. lights her up. <laughs> yeah. But she has that standard. Like she yeah. sets herself to a higher standard in every aspect of her life. So, and, and she loves her career. She mm-hmm. is saved. She's like, I'm not going to ever retire. You're going to have to carry me out of here. Right, right. 
So I have to imagine for you finding, um, clients that are, uh, for you, they're going to be stylists, like your, mm-hmm. your, uh, digital clients that you're finding mm-hmm. and coaching. I, I would have to imagine that when they find you, they're already kind of heading down that path because your, your messaging is very much like shit or get off the pot people, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So, um, do you ever have stumbling blocks with people when you start talking to them and like, they're not ready to embrace this mentality yet? Often. And they're just not ready for it. I don't want to bring anyone on to a program, if they're not going to follow through with it. Right. I had that happen a couple of times where I I misread them. I just misjudged exactly what it was I was doing and it just didn't work out for anybody. And sometimes, honestly, I'll hammer somebody in the first couple of sessions. It could be a three month program and they're good. They're like, I'm good. I'm done. It was a kick in the ass they needed. And then it was like, I see them on online. We chat here and there. And they're like, no, that's all I needed. I just needed you to get me realigned and focus again. Like they're high, they're high performers. They want to slum. They're really busy. They just were in a rut. Mm. And so like two or three hour phone calls, like in a couple of weeks of session, they were fine. Gotcha. You know, and then I have the people I check in with and like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't do that homework assignment. I didn't do that. And I've been too nice to them. And I have a couple coaches that I, I associate with and they, they're like, dude, you were a Marine. Treat them like they're in your platoon. Fucking rip them. And I was right. like, people are a little softer in our industry. He's like, I don't give a shit. He's like, do they want results or no? And he's like, call him a fat fuck. He has tits. Say he has tits. How's that? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. He's like, what kind of example is that for his son? And he's, he's right. You know, like you want your kids to be proud of you on every level. Yes. Like there's, there's we have this idea that, you know, it's, it's okay to be okay in average. Yes. But no, you want to be, you want to be an example for your children. You want your kids to do the best, right? If your kids were like, oh, it's okay, dad. I'm just going to, I got an average. I got to see. You know, you, it's watch, really, you want the best for your kids. Yeah. It's really funny that you bring that up. Um, my, my mom and I are great now. Like we have a good relationship. We're solid. But when I was younger, I think my mom was not happy in her life in general. She wasn't doing anything to fill her cup. Okay. So for a long time, I kind of struggled with her and her advice to me would make me so angry. Her advice was like, it's okay to be average, honey. Like I would come home really mad that I got a C on a test in high school, just like fuming. And she's like, it's okay. C's get degrees. And I would just be like, <laughs> screw you in your C's. Like it made me so mad that she was like complacent or that like, yeah. it's okay. We're just barely existing. You know, yeah. I hated that so much. Yeah, and no it's, I, I felt so triggered right now when <laughs> yeah. you said that. I was like, ooh, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> yeah, I was not a good student and I didn't care if I got C's. I barely graduated high school. It gotcha. just, I knew, I probably wanted to drop out, honestly, in grammar school. Like okay. I, I just was done with it. I would like walk around the block and like, instead of going to school, when I, when I got in my parents' view, I would kind of come back and sneak back in the house again when they went oh to work. Oh my gosh. And it was funny. My, my best friend in the world, he helps me run the online store. Like his wife's and him are partners in one salon. Like we do a lot together still. And I remember his mom, I used to drive to school. He was a freshman. I was a senior. And she was like, Nick's sick again. I was suspended and he didn't want to tell her. Or I just did, would just skip school. She's like, wow, I think you got to start finding a new ride to school. I, I literally just want to go mm-hmm. and not because I love to learn. Like I clearly, like I love knowledge. I just didn't function in that structure. Yeah. And so for people who think that you're not good at school, it doesn't mean you have a problem. Like it doesn't mean you're okay with average. You just don't learn that way. Right. And for us to think that every single person needs to be trained like they work in a factory 
That's what school does. Like you line up, bell rings, then you, you go to class, bell rings, you go to recess, you come back. You, it's just like a factory. Like it's just that same mindset to train us to become slaves to industry. That's mm -hmm. my whole take on it. I won't get into that whole rabbit hole, but. <laughs> and so they get defeated, right? They get told they're dumb. They get told they're not a good student. They get told they're not good. They're not good. They're not good. Which maybe for your mom, you know, she struggled and she didn't flourish in that environment. So the only way to make herself feel good was big. It's okay to be average. Right. But it's not. It's not okay. And we need to tell our kids, hey, if, if you, are you, is this a hundred percent? Is this your best to get that C? If that was your best, that's okay. Because not everybody, right? Not, not everyone's being judged in that fashion. Like if math right. is not your thing, then you could do something else. Like right. what's the saying? If you judge, if you judge a, a squirrel by the way he climb or by the way he flies rather than climb a tree. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard this it's, one. It's one of those one of those crazy sayings. Like you can't judge somebody <laughs> for something that they can't do. Yes. Like if you judge a a bird for the way he swims, right? Clearly, you're judging him in the wrong category. So if you're a person, you're judging yourself the way you were at, you know, history, and you're thinking that's the way you're gonna your whole life's gonna unfold. Well, you might be a fucking amazing hairdresser. Yes. And it might not be you. It might be the professor you had. It might be the teacher you had. You just may not have connected with them. They may teach a different way than you learn. And that's another thing I like to talk about is the five love languages. So we yes. all communicate on different levels. Mm -hmm. And for owners, like if you have a staff member that's not connecting with you, well, what language are you speaking to her? The way I speak to, to Vanessa is not the same way that Brianna's going to hear it. They're two different people. So you need to be able, as an owner especially, to be able to communicate at that person's level and with the language they speak. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of opening a salon, it's not just cutting hair and coloring hair. It's like you're now dealing with team members and employees and, and issues and hormones, especially as a dude. Like my friend was like, bro, that's awesome. Like you work in a salon with all those girls. I'm like, yeah, come, come work, come hang out for a day. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you exactly when to come, what time of month to come hang out. You tell me if it's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny because you're dealing with personalities and then, yeah. you know, someone's who's, who has a family member that passes away. And this is not just for an owner, but when that client sits in your chair and she tells you her husband died last month, like you need to have the emotional strength to be able to carry on a conversation with her and also not absorb that energy. Yes. I think that it's yeah. a huge, huge thing. And I know like all these uh, coaches out there that are telling us to put up boundaries and policies and basically put like walls between us and our clients are trying to protect us from that sort of thing. But I don't think that's the answer. I think, you know, as service providers, we need to be like confident and comfortable and have our cups filled so that we can pour from them and not take on other people's stuff. Right. Yeah. We're, we're a customer service industry. Yeah. That's it. We're in the service industry and we need to provide a service for people. And mm -hmm. unfortunately people and I think a lot of his coaches couldn't hack it as hairdressers or stylists, a lot of them. And they felt like they were getting beat up by their clientele because they took a class on what they should charge. So they were charging 500 to highlight. Their skill set wasn't there. Their client left upset. So now they need boundaries and they got to fire people. Mm -hmm. you know, and the one thing I like, I have, I have stylists all the time that want to put cancellation policies in place and all that. I never needed it. No one really didn't show up for me. Like everyone always came and got their hair done by me. But I get it. It's annoying. But what if 
you had a, an episode where you were running late or you need to take off a day. And that client had had an appointment with you and she canceled her day to come in. She she took off work, so she lost money. Do you pay her? Exactly. I had this exact same thing happen with a good friend of mine in another town who I'm always trying to help her find hairdressers and like use language to be happy. And she's not hard to please in my opinion. And she found this new hairdresser and this hairdresser sent her like three different times the cancellation policy. It was like when she scheduled the appointment, the reminder for the appointment, the hour before the appointment, just like baby don't cancel on me. And then um, the hairdresser canceled last minute. And my friend was like, what the hell? Like this woman shoved this cancellation policy down my throat and then cancels on me last minute. She's like, there's no accountability. She should get a free haircut. Right. That's what I said. I said, I'm sorry. I think that woman owes you something. Like maybe there's an emergency, whatever, but it doesn't matter. I feel like as a business owner, if you fail to perform a service that you promised you would, you've got to make it up somehow. You got to build that bridge, right? Yeah. Like the clients I had, that right before our, our podcast, our call, I literally last appointment, I had to move them like two or three times because of something, right? And, but they're cool. They'll, they'll come at four o'clock in the morning if I want them to. So I was like, I can't move them again. I was like, I literally just did that to them last time. Like I got my phone up to text. I was like, shit, customer service. Yeah. Like It's like, shit, what do I prioritize? But other hairdressers are like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to cancel on our mover. I'm running behind. But right. yeah, like you said, I have 15 policies for you not to do that to me. That's why yeah. I don't do it. I don't like being a hypocrite. Yeah. Also, because I, if I knew have to cancel, I don't feel bad. Exactly. Right. Because that's like how relationships understanding. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's like mutual respect, right? And I think that's what hairdressers are trying to get with these policies and these boundaries and these expectations is respect, right? Mm -hmm. It's like their way of being like, I'm the professional. You need to respect me. And like, that's not how you go about that. They're forcing it on people. Yeah. I'm gonna make you respect my policies. No. Here's my policies. And what I do, what I used to do was I wouldn't do a policy. If you canceled a no-show on me, I would make you prepay for the appointment the next time. You prepay for the appointment. And if you don't show up, you lose it. Easy. Like if you have three or four, like if you're like a a serial, like canceler, like I'm like, all right, cool. Vanessa, you have to prepay for your highlights. And if you don't show up, you lose it. That's what I would do. But I never lived in in a mindset of lack. So I'm also a power booker. So very rarely do I only have one client in my book. I'll have like five. I was going to say, what does a power booker mean? <laughs> a power booker means like, all right, so I have uh, Veronica at 10. I have Vanessa at 10.15, Jen at 10.30. Like I literally have four clients there. And then someone will text me and be like, hey, can you fit me in today? Yeah, come whenever. And then what happens in my mind, everything works out. My 10 o'clock runs late. My 10.30 wants highlights. So I throw like four foils in her hair. My assistant puts her single process on. My client just walks in. I get her shampooed. I have my other assistant blow her out. Then I'm cutting her. And I'm like, literally eight chairs are full of my clients. Gotcha. And it all runs smooth. You're like the um, conductor in an orchestra. That's it. But I've been doing this long enough to do that in. So if you cancel, and this is great, because like you'll have a 12 o'clock with me. And now I'm really jammed up. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, oh my God, I shouldn't tell everyone to come in. You'll text me like, hey, is it cool if we reschedule? I have an issue at my son's school. No problem. How's Friday for you? And then right. my my and then my, my Jessica, my partner here, she's like, "How does that always happen to you?" It just that's the mindset that I'm in. It's all going to work out for me. I just did a video on that. You're manifesting so when it, it. When it comes to law of attraction, this is where people get it wrong. <clears throat> it's like, all right, let's say you're in traffic. Oh, perfect example was today, but I, I won't 
digress. I'll keep my whole my story going. Okay. So me and you're gonna meet at four o'clock, right? Obligation four o'clock. I get out to the road at three thirty. It's a fifteen minute drive for me. I'm leaving early to get there fifteen minutes early. Let's say. All of a sudden, I hit a wall of traffic. I look at my navigation. That red line's getting longer and longer and deeper and deeper. And I'm like, shit. I can't say no traffic, no traffic, no traffic. I'm already in the traffic. And plus, if you're saying I don't want traffic, you're still talking about traffic. You're going to manifest more into your life. So instead, what I say is it's all going to work out for me. It's all going to work out for me. It's all going to work out for me. Everything will be okay. So what happens? I can't say I'm going to get there on time. It's physically impossible, right? It's unbelievable. I'm not going to be able to attract that because it's literally impossible. Yeah. But by saying it's all going to work out for me, what happens? You then call me 10 minutes to four o'clock or right then you're like, Hey, Nick, I got a little jammed up. Can we push it to five? So I don't make four o'clock. Right. But I make it work out for me. Right. So it's like, it's like the podcast today. I got yes. jammed up with a client and then your husband was able to help out. And then now it worked out. Right. So that's the way it is. So when you're, when you're want to manifest things and you want to attract things into your life, be creative with it. Like, make sure you have an understanding of that it will work out for you. Right? It doesn't necessarily have to be the exact thing that you want. Like, you want to get there at four o'clock, yes, but what do you want? You want to make the appointment. And so it doesn't matter if it's four or five. It was four, but now let's make it five. Mm -hmm. Manifest that to happen to you. Yeah. And I used to do that all the time when I first started doing hair. I, I was good. I, mean, I was always really good at doing hair. I had a natural knack for it. And like, you know, those toners that you do, they turn like a weird color right away and you're panicking. I was like, oh God, please make this work out for me. And let's say you overtone and I have to retone them again with something. I'm like, just, and I'm like, it's going to work out for me. It's going to work out for me. She'll love her color. She'll love her color. It wasn't what we wanted. And she's like, oh my God, you're a genius. I love this. This is even so better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, and I'm just visualizing it coming out the way I wanted to, not panicking, saying, don't look like shit. Right. But she's going to love it. She's going to love it. And that energy is, just, she's going to love it. And magically, she loves it. Mm hmm. You know, that's so funny. I think I've always done that in my career and without even realizing that I'm doing it. Yeah. And so when you panic and like, like new styles, like, oh my God, she's going to hate it. She's going to hate it. She's going to hate it. No, that's not positive. Right. You no. Know, and that negative feeling, even though you're, you, you want it to look good, but you're telling yourself she's going to hate it. She's going to hate it. And so I tell my every, every staff meeting I have, every time I talk to a stylist, I want them to look at their book the week before, like on Sunday the, for the whole week and the night before. And when you have that one client in your chair, in your appointment book rather, and you know she's a pain in the ass, rather than fire them, visualize it going exactly the way you want it. Even if she, her hair never lifts right, if her grays never recover right, picture it and visualize it working out the way you want it to, her leaving the salon happy. And, and when you picture it like a hundred times in your head, when she walks in the door, You've rehearsed it so many times. Your energy is different and she's at ease mm -hmm. and it works out the way you want it. Much like an athlete when they run, like, let's say you're a Olympic runner, a sprinter, and you run that course in your mind the way you want it. Your body doesn't know if you're really running it the way your brain triggers off to the muscle or if you're running it or if you're just visualizing it. So your body still releases the same chemicals of happiness because you want to make your client happy as if you actually made her happy. So now you're vibrating at that happy frequency when she walks in because you played it a hundred times in your head. And so magically, the law of attraction, she leaves her happy. 
Right. And it takes practice at it. Like it's not easy to do right away. I mean, it takes it took me years to get this down. Do you have like certain tools or mantras? I mean, obviously you said it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Yeah. But like, do you do you practice anything in particular that got you I have good? A, a success statement, uh -huh. you know, and just things working out in my life, like a pattern of things actually working out for me. And it's it's wild how you start manifesting, and it, it just magically happens for you. And not everything. Like there's times that I get I get stuck in my rut where I'm like when I started my online store. Had I manifested everything properly, I probably wouldn't have those issues. But in reality, I needed those issues to happen. So I'm so grateful for them. Gratitude is the main thing that you yes. could start and end with everything. It's always with gratitude. And so I'm so grateful for those those lessons because had I made that mistake now, instead of a hundred thousand, you know, it could have been five hundred thousand, it could have been a million. Right. You know, and I could it could affect my I have a daughter now. So it could affect me putting food on the table. So I'm thankful that it happened then. And now it also gave me a lesson to teach to people who I teach online selling to. Absolutely. So, and so and I, me yeah. teaching people that are serving people. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like I, I always say that like mistakes are just mistakes. You yes. get another take, right? Course, and it's yeah. a it's a learning experience and you can't yeah. you can't internalize when things don't go your way and make it seem like you're bad or wrong or not smart or not yeah. good enough. You have to just see it as like, ooh, that didn't work out the way I thought yeah. it would, but now I know and I can course correct and I can do it this way. Yeah. yeah. Every obstacle is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you made up a, a really good point right now about course correcting. That's why it's important to have that goal in your mind, that clear goal, because mm. you have your destination. And the way I explain this to people is, if I were to tell you, my friend Brian's going to give you $10 million, he's going to meet you at a steakhouse in Manhattan named John's Steakhouse. What are you going to do? He's going to meet you there at five. He's going to meet you at five o'clock. You can't be late. Google, right? And put, right. put what in the navigation? I'm going to plug that into the map so that I know exactly the where address. it is. Yeah. And so here's the cool thing about that. If you hit a roadblock, an obstacle, a detour, there's traffic, you can navigate around everything and you're going to get rerouted to where you got to go because you have your end destination, much like your goals. When obstacles happen, it's God's way of rerouting you to something great. And when you get rerouted, you might find a great restaurant that you eat at. You might see a beautiful sunset. You might meet your spouse. You might find that one toy your kid wanted that you couldn't find. And now you're going to get that toy for him for Christmas. Who knows what the fuck you're going to find, but... The point is, if you don't have the end destination in your navigation, you're going to wind up getting lost. If you are very vague, if you put in Manhattan in your navigation, well, great. Now you're in Manhattan. You're a little closer to it. But what's going to happen? You got to walk in every building to try and find this guy with the $10 million for you? Right. No. Your goals are the same way. Put the exact destination, the exact number you want, or the weight, whatever it is that you want, with a deadline, and you'll get to it. Somehow, no matter how far you are from it, just... Be sure and just know like you have it in your soul that you're going to achieve it. This is so relatable for hairstylists. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I think about the consultation is your goal setting, right? Mm -hmm. And in a consultation, if your client sits down and it's just like, I want to be blonde and you just go, okay, and you just start doing stuff, you might end up way over in warm yeah. golden blonde land when your client mm. actually wanted ashy cool blonde. And then yeah. you're like, well, I don't understand. It's blonde, right? Yeah. No, if you have like 
photos and you have a plan and you have your swatches and you've got, you know what I mean? And you really hone yeah. in on that goal with your client. Then you can do the course correcting along the way. Like if you yeah. pull foils at the shampoo bowl and then you're like, oh shit, this is too warm. Yeah. I need to course correct and do something a little different to make sure my goals hit. Right. Yeah. I use that example all the time with, I'm like, so your client comes into in the salon. She's like, I want to be blonde. All right, cool. You just put foils anywhere. Right. You just throw bleach on her head. You grab any toner. No, you have a set goal in mind. And with that goal in mind, you're able to now, oh, she's lifted it a little too warm. She grabbed too cool. Uh, she didn't lift light enough, so I got to leave it on longer. Right. Like you have an idea of what's going on. But if you didn't have the consultation, you didn't have that specific look that you were going for. Who knows what could happen? Right. And I just, I feel like that's such a common mistake for hairstylists in the, in the business is they don't oh, dig yeah. into those goals. I mean, obviously the broader goals don't get dug into either, but even the specific client specific goals don't get dug into well enough to understand that there's like a path that they can follow. Yeah. I, a lot of times I can't find that goal they want. What is it you don't want? What yes. are the things you hate? What should I stay away from? So you learn by process of elimination. All right. So you don't want to be dark. You want to be light and you don't want highlights. You don't want warm. You want cool. Like you, you'll get there eventually. Right. But you just peel back enough things until you get to what she wants. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you get to that destination. It's such valuable information. It's, you know, consultation. I was a bartender for years too. So the art of small talk and actually trying to figure out what somebody wants in a nightclub by reading their lips and knowing them and doing hair for so long, I've learned to master these quick two-minute conversations to get from point A to point B. And so I've used some of those tools during a consultation to speed the process up. Yes. So I don't need to talk to you for really longer than a minute. Yeah. Like, I wonder, I want to ask you this too, because you do have mm -hmm. some military experience as well. My husband is a fireman, and so he serves people, you know, with his job also. And uh, in his job, it's obviously different. People are usually in an emergency of some sort unless they have a nosebleed and they think it's an emergency, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but he and I were talking about customer service and how you almost have to very quickly assess who you're serving and like meet them at their level right? You have to like figure out like exactly how and what you're going to say to that person to like mm -hmm. effectively communicate with them. And I would imagine being a bartender does that. I would imagine dealing yeah. with anyone in the military that happens. Would you agree? Yeah. I would say even, even clients too. Yes. So hundred percent. When you get on a call with a client, I'm high, I'm high energy. Like I'm just fucking boom, boom, boom. I'm go, I'm go, I'm go, I'm go, I'm go, I'm go, 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 go everywhere. Like I'm very hyper. If you're a client of mine, it's our first call and you're very calm and you're passive and you're just like to learn a different way. And I come on my call, fucking guns a blazing. You're going to be like, oh, I got to meet you at your level. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assess how you are in the first 10, 20 seconds of the conversation, match your tone. And if you need to be a little more aggressive with your goals and with your actions, I'm going to slowly bring you back up. Now, if you're a high-strung person and it's causing you to make mistakes because you're not able to think clearly about the actions you're taking because you're taking every single action, right? Then I need to meet you up there, come out fucking guns a-blazing, and then slowly talk you back down to help you make a decision with the proper mindset, with a clear understanding of what the outcome is that you want. Mm -hmm. So it's much like a client. You get the client to leave work 
Their boss was a dick. They sat in an hour of traffic. Their kids got suspended from school. They have so much going on. They come in your salon and they are just like on one, right? So you need to be able to bring them down. Right. So when they come in the door, they're like, Jen, what's going on? You know, and you yell and you're like, you, you get her attention. And then right. you're like, hey, you touch them on the shoulder. Everything cool at work. And that's, that touch in the shoulder mm. is mm-hmm. just like, you give them your energy. So yep. if you know they need to calm down, like I, I tell all the time, if you're able to control someone's energy, especially if they're nervous. Yes. Just, hey, can I get you a cup of coffee? Boom, you bring them down. Right. You could you could really bring someone up or bring them down. And it's that that transfer of energy, that physical touch that you have. And if it's a new client and you're just touching their hair for the first time, be like, hey, can I I could touch your hair, right? That's cool. Take your hair down for me. I'll take your, your clip out. And then you have the consultation and she feels really nervous. And like you could feel her energy. She got fucked up at like every other salon she went to. And you could tell it's not her, right? You get some people who no matter what you do, they're gonna be unhappy. But yes. you, you generally know that this particular client is not asking for anything difficult. You could feel their energy. She's just really nervous about her outcome because she has a, a wedding for her daughter on Friday. A simple transfer of energy, a touch in the shoulder, like, Margaret, can I get you a cup of coffee? Like, right. I think this look is going to look amazing for you. And they just feel at ease. Mm-hmm. And so clients, stylists need to understand that you're in control of the experience for your client. You can never let them come in there and control your space. That's mm. your space. And that so is... whether it be a touch on the shoulder, yep. whether it be the way you use uh, your vernacular in conversation, or the way you let, like the love languages, how do they, how do they need to be spoken to? Because I've had a client before that literally she was upset with everything that somebody did for her. And I, I forget her name at this time, but I'll just, I like using the name Jen. So, um, I was like, Jen, you know, the picture you showed me was when you were 25. Like, you're a grandmother now. Like, no matter what I do, your hair is never going to look like that. So what is it you're looking for? Do you want to go back in those times? And I get it. I love being 25 too. But that's not ever going to happen again. Like, but you've been through so much. You're a much more beautiful woman than you were back then. And so I had to, like, let her know it's not going to happen. You're not 25. It's literally... Let's not look at that picture anymore. It's a beautiful memory, right? We could do something similar to that. I can give you the version now of that look, but we're never going back there again. And she was like, no one's ever told me that before. I was like, I, I listen, I love you. I think you're great. And I want you to be happy. Like inside, in your heart, you could be 25 forever. But unfortunately, your hair has been through two marriages, four kids, <laughs> you know, three grandkids. Right? It's not your hair anymore. That's you have better hair now. You have the hair that you have now, and you got to love that hair. Mm-hmm. And so, if if clients are always trying to look in the past and live somewhere else, and always projecting their beauty from that that after picture from the girl they saw that was filtered on Instagram, and that's how they want to look, you need to be able to articulate that in a conversation and let them know what is it about this picture you like? Do you like the model? She's beautiful, but you're more beautiful. Like you're, a, I could give you a better version of that that suits you better. Mm-hmm. And so you have to truly find out like, why are they in your chair? Is it yes. because they went through a breakup? Are they hurt? Are they looking for something? And this is when the psychology aspect of what we do comes to play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, it's not all about hair. Right. Sometimes someone just wants someone to talk to because they could be going through some shit at home. 
Absolutely. Or some shit. They never feel valued or appreciated. And so I'll talk to me. Let's go. Like I've sat in my salon on days I was done with somebody's hair. And my wife hates this because I'm like, oh, I'll be done at five. It's like 830. I'm still talking to the the girl in my chair because she needed me. She didn't need her hair done where she needed it done. But she needed to talk to me about her husband and how they're going through a divorce and what's going on. And because if I don't do that, no one else is listening to her. This is her time away from her kids. And she actually has somebody where no one she knows is around except for me. And have had I not take that time out of my day for her, who knows? She could have killed herself. No, she was that low. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I did to her hair, even though she felt great, she needed to feel great. And so that was my job that day. You know, that was my calling to make her feel as beautiful as she looked. Yes. And that's why I get I get so like angry about these boundaries people have. Mm-hmm. Like you're stopping the joy of you giving that to somebody. Like yes. yeah, she ran behind. Yeah, because she's fighting with her husband at home or she, like I said, her boss, whatever the case is. I keep using husband. People, I think I have the worst marriage ever, but <laughs> I use that a lot because the, these people come to your chair and yeah, she's running behind, but be a good human. It's about connecting on a human level. And so you have the ability to change someone's life, like I said before, other than hair. Like you have their attention. Like they have your attention. That's an intimate space. Respect it. Like, don't get taken advantage of. I'm not saying that. But the boundaries, they have to, like, they have to chill out with these policies and boundaries. Yeah. And if you over-deliver, if you add so much value, they're not going to cancel on you. Right? If you have that thinking, emotion, behavior, outcome, they value that appointment. They value your time. It's you're living in such a negative mindset that you need to set these boundaries because you don't value your time. And you're afraid that they're not going to value your time either. I, I totally agree with you. And I think if some of these um, coaches and industry yeah. leaders that we're mentioning but not mentioning here yeah. were in this conversation, they would be eye rolling and they'd be like, no, fuck that shit. We are not trained therapists. I don't get paid enough money for that. They can go talk to someone else about that crap. I'm here to just do their hair. Good. And I'm like, well, it's a package deal though, people. The, the minute you cut off the emotional connection with your client, what is going to keep them coming back when the new salon opens up down the street with talented stylists that are willing to give 50% off deals to get them in the door, why would they not go to that place if they feel no connection to you? It's relationship. It's about yeah. brand. And that's why I get like when people are like, oh, you need a hair page and a personal page. Nope. You need one page. You are the brand. People are buying from you. The Rock, he's a brand. He has a tequila company. He sold for like a billion dollars. You know, uh, Kylie Jenner, she's a brand. It's she has one, she sold her makeup through it. It wasn't her makeup page that got real, real busy and sold, made her a billionaire. It was her own personal page. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be the hairstylist and your brand is known for being a bitch and being cold, cool, do it. But there is, I, I use this, I use a couple of different examples, but you have a pie chart. You have personality on one side, likability, and you got technique, skill, your talent. And that pie chart at any given time needs to be completely full. You could be 50% talent, 50% personality. Beautiful. No, you're a complete 100% of that pie chart. If you lack a little skill, right? Like you're maybe 30%, you need to be 70% personality. So you're hundred percent complete and you'll build up. You'll build up much faster by being a good human than being the best stylist and a bitch. So that if you're, is cool. Yeah, yeah. If you're 30%, 
personality, but you're 70% stylist. Awesome. But the second someone has the opportunity to go to someone who's nice to them, they will go to somebody who's nice to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have a really good relationship with almost all, well, actually all my clients. And it's funny because I'll have an assistant help me out now that I'm, I'm stepping away from behind the chair. Like I'm doing less and less hair because I want to teach what I teach to other stylists to duplicate myself and, and help them grow. And it could be a simple 5N. And my assistant puts it on her hair and she's like, oh, it came out different. I was like, it's a 5N. It's the same shit that I do. I'm like, come on, Deb. It's the same color. She's like, no, it just looks different when you do it. I'm like, how so? Well, you mix it different. Well, that's funny because Brianna mixed your color for the last three years. <laughs> I'm like, it looks the same. It's the conversation that's different. Yes. You know, And that's why I tell them, make sure you're engaging with your clients. And that's the weird thing about these suites. Like you have a, a suite and then you leave the client in there by yourself and you go go on your phone and play. Or I, I've seen a girl, I've heard of a girl who went home to do her laundry while her co- client processed. Like to change her clothes from the washer to the dryer. Oh my like, gosh. What? Like if you could really harness relationships and you have a suite and you master the art of communication, you can name your price. You Say that again custom- for the people in the back. <laughs> right? You could create a custom experience yes. where it says you and them, like Ted Gibson. He charges like twelve or sixteen hundred dollars a haircut now, and you could have that. You could do three haircuts a day, at a thousand dollars. You work three days a week, you're making nine k a week. Who's puts better than that? Mm-hmm. Right. So, it, but that doesn't happen from being the best hairstylist. That happens from giving the best experience, and part of that experience is the conversation. 100%. That's why it's so important important to become the person who deserves to be successful, and that's when you raise your standards in all areas of life. Like if you study accounting and you understand how to, how to file your LLC as an S Corp, have a flow through income, do deductions, and your client's stressing about her taxes, and you can relay some information that you learned from a course you took on taxes, and you just added so much more value to the experience in your in your suite or your salon. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, because um, yeah. I, I, I bet you probably feel the same way I do. Uh, throughout the two decades that I was behind the chair, I loved getting quote unquote problem clients. Like okay. if there was a client that someone else in no one else in the salon could make happy, or they came in with like a horror story and they don't trust mm. anyone. That was my mm. person. I was like, give them to me because I see it as like a challenge. It's almost yep. fun. Right. Do you feel the yeah. same way? Same way. Yeah. yeah. When they were like, oh, I fired a client. No, you're just not good enough to make her happy. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Some people are just really a pain in the ass. You're never going to make them happy. But that's very few and far between. Agreed. They're not being heard. Yes. They're saying they want warm highlights, but they really want cool highlights. Right. Are you dissecting the picture? She's showing you a picture of highlights, but does she want to be that blonde? No, she might want the dimension. How are you as a communicator? The better you are at communication, the better you are at reading that client, the more happy she's going to be. So yeah, give me anyone. Like oh, I, had a, I, I have a lot of clients like that. And when I took people on from another salon, like they, some of these clients follow them here because they're looking around everywhere. They're trying to get their hair done the right way. And one of the girls was like, oh no, she's the worst client ever. Like we had to fire her a couple of times from the salon. Ugh. Like, no one makes her happy. I was like, oh, put her in my book. She's like, where? I'm like, ah, between those two people. She's like, no, she never likes anything she wants. I'm like, ah, it's going to be fine. Literally, it was like five foils and, and like a root melt in a, in a glaze. And she was like, oh, I've been wanting this for the last three years. No one could do it. I'm like, yeah, you already, you almost had what you wanted. Like you literally almost had the picture. You were a half a tone off or a half a shade off and the wrong tone. Right. Simple. And then now like 
Now I'm trying to get her to go to somebody else in the salon because I know what she needs. No. She she waited almost four months to come to me. Yeah. I went to Florida to open my location down there and it just didn't work out. And so it's just, it's so easy. It really is so easy to do what we do. I know. I feel I like just, if you, if you understand your value, right, you understand your, the like power dynamic that you yeah. have control of, and then you communicate with your clients and like really figure out that goal. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. we have the tools. We, it, it takes like very little yeah. hair skills, I think, to be able to yep. course correct. And yeah. then if you build the trust in, with that client, like you build that relationship and at the end of the appointment, it's not exactly right. They're going to let you try again. Yep. You got and like then, three strikes. Exactly. And then in the meantime, you go take some hair classes and you figure stuff out and it's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's so, so true. I just did a video on that. I forget when I, if it's even posted yet, but they will come back to you if they were heard. The customer service was great. Uh, you were likable and you might've like maybe messed up the hair a little bit, but you almost got it right. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't really fuck them up. They're coming back to you and they'll come back to you again for the second time. If you almost got it right again, but the third time, if you're really not getting it, that's when they're going to kind of like, they might go somewhere else. If they come to you after three times, like visit four or five, they're pretty much your client for life. Right. Unless they move or unless you're really just like start screwing things up on them. Right. Like you got a drug problem. You're not showing up to work. Like if what you get somebody in your chair on the fifth time, they're your client forever. Right. For the most part. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's it's not because of your hair skills either. Cause I guarantee you, you didn't duplicate everything you did every single time. It's your personality. Yeah. So I have, I have, I have a stylist and she's always miserable. Like I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're not, you're not even grateful for the clients you have today. You have to be grateful for who you have today. And did you reach out to anyone? Cause you know, you left the salon, like you left one salon and came to another. She's like, I don't know where my people are. Well, did you call anyone? Did you reach out? And I tell my new stylists too. Hey, when you do a new client, wait a couple of days. Hey, Vanessa, how was your hair? Did everything work out? Did you wash it yet? Did the style okay for you? Like who bring her back in again? Like, oh, I can't do it the way you did it. Well, why don't you come in for a complimentary blow dry? You know, that will that will add so much value to her experience that who cares? You're not doing anyone anyway. So do a blowout, get some content. It doesn't matter. And then she's gonna have a great experience and probably tell her friends. Like, and I, one thing I just I just don't get why people are afraid to call a client or reach out to them to see how the hair was. Right. I would do that all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time when I was building up. Mainly because I was like, oh shit, it looked good in the salon, make sure it looked good at home too. You know, and I was, I was always like, I always wanted to over deliver mm -hmm. and I, I would, you, oh, something's wrong with your part. Come on in rather than them try and fix themselves or rather than go somewhere else or rather than have their hair messed up in public. All it took was one low light because I highlighted too close to her part. I styled it differently. Now she's unhappy, but I reached out to her. So she would have either waited or maybe not had to come back, but because I reached out to her, she's back in my chair again. I get a chance to wow her again with my amazing personality. And then now it's like, oh, wow, he really does care. Absolutely. You know? and, I, and I don't charge him. It's like, right. oh, this is not me. Totally. I do that, all, do that all the time. And I'm not, listen, I could charge a lot more than I charge right now. And my wife always yells at me and some of my stylists like, you should charge more. But I power book. I don't need to. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, like, I make the amount in a day that someone who charges $500 a highlight does. Yes. Doing five people. I don't need, because I know I'm hurting that experience aspect. Like mm -hmm. I could give them more attention, but I don't need to. They're processing. It's okay. And half my people are like, 
can you fit me in today? I mean, it's Friday <laughs> or it's Saturday morning. Yeah, just come in at eight. I'll, I'll make it work out. When can you come in? Between one and two. Come then. And so like it's chaotic to a certain degree, but they also understand, hey, he's squeezing me in. I'm not yeah. going to get the best Nick today because he has five people here. Right. And they understand that. Now for a new client, I wouldn't do that. They don't A, have my phone number. And if I have too many new clients that day, I'll tell them one to two is not good. Can you do three? Because that new client's experience is important to me that I make sure I'm there with them. So you have to be a master of your schedule. Like you have to master personalities and you have to know who do you have in your book, who you can move around mm -hmm. and who you can't move around. It's it's just you taking ownership of your career. That's all yep. it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You have to call these clients up and check in with them, send them a thank you card, get their mm -hmm. address, send them a birthday card, like be in the customer service industry. And if you go above and beyond, they'll go above and beyond for you. It's, it just actually hurts my brain that a hairstylist in 2023 isn't fully booked and who's competent at their services in six months. I agree. Like, there's, there's no excuse for it. The only excuse is you're lazy. And you're, 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 and you're, I can't say lazy. <clears throat> you have some limited beliefs about posting on social media because that's how you do it. Like we right. had to hand out business cards. We had to do like, write your name in the back. You hand out three, you get them back. You give the free haircut. It's, it was, it was painful. Yeah. You know, and then once today's, I, I advertised on Facebook. That was my thing. Marketing on Facebook before Instagram really was popular. And that's how I went from the 400 to 4,000 in six months. And it was the law of attraction. I read every single morning. I, Nicholas Marabella, Nicholas Marabella book $500 every week. That was my first week. And um, I hit 500. So I read that for like every day, day and night, in the morning, in the afternoon, like 10 times a day. I would read my affirmation. I was like, wow, it worked for 500. Like maybe it'll work for 750. Worked for 750. Like maybe it'll work for 1,000. I kept playing this game like, oh, wow. Maybe it worked. And I got to like, I think it was like 2,500, 3,000. And I was falling short on a, on a Friday. I was like, I'm never going to hit it. I kept my faith and the next week I, I blew it away. I did like 1200 over my goal. I was like, holy shit. That was the universe telling me, Hey, keep your faith, but you're worth more than that 2000 a week. You could actually do 3,500 a week. So I wound up hitting 32. I was like, all right, my new goal is 3000. And I would hit 3000. And I was like, sometimes you can't get upset because the universe will show you what you're worth. As long as you keep gratitude and you keep your focus on what it is that you want. If I had gotten discouraged, and tried to drop my goal back down again, I wasn't raising my standards to meet it. I wasn't feeling in, in, in a lack mindset. So I kept I kept doing what I did. The next week I hit that, you know, that 3,200, 3,000 is my new mark. That was like three or four months into this whole affirmation thing. And then it was like by by September, I started like March-ish, like with my the mindset training. And September I was hitting 4K a week. And by the next year I was doing 25, 30,000 a month. That's and incredible. I, I was charging like $65 a haircut too. It wasn't like I wasn't charging 125 a haircut. Like I was literally booked from morning till night. And these clients would just come out of, out of nowhere. It got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like 5,000 is my mark. I'm not raising it anymore. I can't work like this anymore. I'm not allowed to manifest anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and like even on my e-commerce store, there's a bunch of products that aren't moving. I literally just did an audit of them on Friday with my, uh, with my partner online. And an hour later, we sold the product that we were talking about. Stop it. I swear to God. It's, it's insane. And oh. it could be just, it could be coincidence, but it doesn't matter. Right. But where your energy goes and focus goes, or where your focus goes, energy flows. 
and we're we all vibrate. We're all vibrational creatures. And so if you're vibrating at a negative frequency, you're going to get negative experiences in life. And if you're vibrating at a positive frequency, you're going to get positive experiences in life. And even if they are negative, quote unquote, to the outside world, negative experiences, you could turn them positive. And knock on wood, God forbid, no one ever has to deal with a cancer or an ailment. But God forbid you get this diagnosis, right? Maybe that six months you get, you have left to live, two of your siblings speak again. You, you, you heal a relationship between uh, an uncle and an, and an aunt. You, the quality of love you get in that six months far exceeds the quality of love you'll get for the next 40 years. What if that diagnosis you beat and you, and you survive it and you beat whatever ailment you got and you were the, you were the inspiration for somebody else or hundreds of thousands of people and you help someone's mom get over cancer. Like think outside of being small. Like that's the thing. People think that, like I said before, the whole thing with the ambulance driver and all that, people think they're, they're this big in the world. No, you're, you could be a small pebble. You throw that pebble into a, a big lake, that ripple effect takes on the whole lake. Like that is the strength that you have. And that's mm -hmm. what people need to harness in our industry. You're not just a hairdresser. You mm. change the goddamn world one highlight at a time. And if you think like that and you emotionally feel that, your behavior will be like that. And the outcome will be just that. You will change the world with your craft. Boom. Yeah. I feel like that is a beautiful way to wrap up this conversation, yeah. Nick. You are, you're dynamic, man. Um, you got a lot going on in there. And yeah. I feel like we could probably do this for hours, oh, yeah. you know, like, I feel like it's really fun to meet someone who thinks on the same wavelengths as I mm -hmm. do. Like, I love that you just like knocked on wood when you said that a second yeah. ago, I was like, yes, I'm quietly doing <laughs> yeah. it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But I, yeah, it is true. And I, I totally agree with all of this stuff. And I feel like, you know, however we show up, if it's like, like you said, like guns blazing, or it's like quiet and soft, as long as you have those thoughts and those values to yourself, like we can do amazing things. Anything we want. Yeah. 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 True. Well, um, Nick, will you tell my listeners if they mm -hmm. just didn't get enough of you here and they want more, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram. I'm at Nick Mirabella, uh, N-I-C-K-M-I-R-A-B-E-L-L-A -L -L -A, at Nick Mirabella. The warehouse salon is my salon. So it's the warehouse.salon is my e-commerce store. Uh, there's a, a, a bunch of blogs in there too if they want to learn any tips if they're not hairstylists. YouTube at the warehouse salon on my YouTube channel. And really Instagram is where I'm, I'm heavy at right now. TikTok, I got kicked off for some reason. I started a new channel. <laughs> Why am I not surprised right now? That's I, I, so I, funny. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't like talk shit and go on a rant. Yeah. Like I didn't, but it just, I don't know what happened. I think I got hacked and uh -oh. then that's what happened. Uh, and then it said my account was in violation. I have no uh -huh. idea why. Uh, mm. And then I'm starting a new YouTube channel strictly for like our industry's like business side of things. Cause the warehouse YouTube channel is meant for like techniques, highlights, corrective color, things like that. But I want to start merging the content that, that me and you do on a separate channel. Wonderful. And, so, and then yeah. if someone wanted to contact you as a coach, is that an option right now? Yeah. You could do it on Instagram. You could okay. reach out to me there. That's cool. Wonderful. Or you can awesome. email me Nick at nickmarabella.com. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much again for coming on here today and sharing a little bit of your wisdom with us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We got to do it again when, when I'm not late next time. Yeah, 100%. 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. I'll have you back on and we'll, I'm sure we'll jam some more with this stuff. Yeah. So Crystal, thanks, it was Nick. amazing talking to you. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing for the industry. It's amazing. We need more people like you, you know, spreading the good word.
Mm, love that. All right, yeah. Nick, I'll see you on Instagram. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Friend, it was so funny. After I pushed pause on the recording of the podcast, Nick and I continued to chat for like almost another hour. Honestly, I had to be like, okay, I'm just going to cut us off here because I feel like we could spin ideas all day long. This guy has so much energy and I just, I love what he brings to the table. And I hope that you feel the same way after listening to him in this podcast interview uh, because, you know, him and I like jokingly said off record, like we are going to change the world, right? We all have our special superpowers. And I do believe that he really does have something wonderful to share with all of us. Um, beauty, uh, industry leaders, experts, and hairstylists behind the chair. So um, anyway, as I always like to say, thank you so much for listening. It is my pleasure to be here as your hair mentor. And until next time, my friend, have a wonderful hair day. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.